Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. It's time now for our virtual Friday morning coffee break. You want to get in touch this morning? 086-123-9595. WhatsApp or text with dinnersready.ie. And delighted uh, to welcome to the show David Hurley of the Limerick Leader, blogger Jen Ronan and Hannah Quinn Mulligan of the Irish Farmers Journal. Um, Interesting, uh, Jen, that uh, apparently men are more likely to go for younger women on dating apps. Does this shock you? Not one bit. And also, I haven't a leg to stand on here, Joe. Like, I'm I'm 42 and my boyfriend's 29. So uh, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm all for, you know, getting rid of double standards. I'm fully on track for that now. So I've decided to, you know, up the game. But I, I myself, like, was always, um, maybe because I'm emotionally immature, but um, um, everybody I've ever dated has always been younger than me. Um, not always that much of a big gap like but um yeah it doesn't surprise me about men with the apps looking for the younger women i was reading the stats there and apparently the age that they like is 18 which is a bit you know especially the older men get if the women stay the same age the gap becomes bigger and bigger and bigger you know Mm. i think they call it like the leonardo dicaprio effect like his girlfriend stay about 23 24 (laughs) and he keeps getting older and older it's magical it's not even science like yeah and the study also found that when it came to age, women typically found men up to the age of 50, 5 desirable. Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. Especially if they look like Bruce Springsteen, like, or George Clooney. Like, Bruce Springsteen's 70. Do you know, like, I mean, and all of us, like, we message my friends going, come here, Silver Fox. Love it. We love it out, Silver Fox. Yeah. What do you think, <laughs> Hannah? Uh, like, Jen, I'm not a bit surprised, but I think <laughs> as well, the whole double standard thing. I mean, Look at President Macron and his wife mm. and the age difference there is actually the exact same as Trump and his wife. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, you know, there was huge controversy that President Macron was going out with a lady much older than him and married to a lady much older than him. But har- hardly anyone batted an eyelid when it was Trump and Melania Trump. So uh, it, it, it's, it's disappointing, but fair play to Jen. I hope I'm in a similar position <laughs> when I'm at her age. Well, you don't want to be taking advice from me, I can tell you that much. (laughs) But the whole double standards thing, I mean, we might imagine that in this fierce modern world we have now that it wouldn't still exist. I think it does a little bit, like, because in the new... Sorry, interrupted me there. No, fire ahead, Jen, I think we're going to say something fairly similar anyway. (laughs) Work, go on, you work away. (laughs) I I think it definitely slings. It's really... um, disappointing to see in some respects but the news didn't surprise me at all about lads even older lads looking for teenage girls um, and but there is definitely a creepy element to it mm. but also actually Keanu Reeves got a uh, huge news I think it was last year or the year before um, because he's dating a woman in her 50s she's an artist and I can't remember her name but I'm a disgrace to feminism at the moment but it got in the news because of like ooh Keanu Reeves and he's 50 now, I think. But people were really surprised and actually got in the news that he was dating someone around his yeah. age group. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's where you see the double standard. It was like, well, why are you surprised? You shouldn't be surprised at that. Like, I, I think you know? he's one of the most fascinating guys. I mean, he has an amazing oh, yeah. life story. He mm. clearly has hidden depths, but there's no yeah. sign of that on screen ever. <laughs> no, no, God love him. He's the um, Yeah, he's, he's got very few dimensions. But see, he plays the roles to perfection. I mean, like, you know, the role of Neo doesn't really require a massive acting range, you know. <laughs> I tell you, I'd love to have uh, a man among our panellists this morning to weigh in on this. Oh, I do. It's David <laughs> oh. Hurley. 
<laughs> Hello, David. Oh, we're having fun this morning with this system. Uh, uh, David hasn't disappeared. It's obviously just the problems we're having with our, our, our connections this morning. But we're going to try and uh, get David on something else. And luckily for him, it might mean that I have to actually move on. <laughs> but if I, if I get him back, I'll definitely be uh, be asking him uh, about it. Um, uh, are you a fan of cold weather, Hannah, as a, a farmer? I mean, if we get the snow coming in from Siberia, do you think it'll be as bad as we think? I think it'll be very uncomfortable. I'm actually I'm working on a story in Belfast at the minute, and it has not stopped raining uh, since the moment that I got here. Um, so I, I think I, I'm missing the balmy weather in Limerick. I'm getting texts from my family back home telling me how lovely it is. I'm just looking out at the drizzle. So anything colder. Than well, well, the, the only rain, thing is that obviously, for to. essential reasons, Hannah, you're getting to move around the country, which uh, a lot of us obviously can't do at the moment. <laughs> this is my first time out of Limerick in. Over six months. Really? Yeah. Do you need any help with the article, Hannah? I I can I can drop everything and be up to you in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Never let me out again. (laughs) Well I have to say I'm a big fan of Belfast, so I mean it might be raining up there, but it's a great town. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. I used to work up here, so it is nice. But it's completely bizarre because I can't see anyone that I used to know. I I can't. um, No. You know, you know, you you just wouldn't want to take the risk. So it is uh, masks on and uh, social distancing. But everyone's been really good uh, up here because it's interesting to hear kind of how it's reported on both sides of the border. And maybe mm. down south, we think that perhaps they aren't living up to the standards. But uh, you know, shops that I have to pop into and people that I've been interviewing have been really, really good. And um, of course, I'm interviewing farmers who so spent a day yesterday mm. in a hay barn for about five hours, two metres apart, and I was freezing. But that, that's kind of, I guess, working in COVID era now, we all have to make mm. those kind of um, changes. Yeah, well, I, I was hopping around the kitchen with excitement this morning the idea of real snow next week, but uh, was yeah. warned not to get too excited because it often doesn't turn out that way, certainly not for Limerick. No, not in the city anyway. I mean, we tend to not be near. It's always places like Donegal, Sligo, all up around there that would get like the like the good snow. But um, I remember when the really bad snow hit a couple of years ago, I was in my element. I thought it was brilliant. But obviously, you could tell I never drove. I haven't driven a car in years because clearly, if I'd been driving a car, I'd have been absolutely demented trying to get around. But living in city centre and walking around in the snow and being able to go to the park, I'm definitely more a winter baby than a sun baby now, I think. But it would have to be like the kind of dizzy winter, not the slushy grey wet weather that we get you know David are you a fan of cold weather and snow absolutely Josh I mean it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's better than rain and wind is what, what I would yeah. say um, <laughs> but yeah but now I do think if we do have uh, any significant snow next week it would be a lot different to in the past and the beast in the east because there won't be confusion as to what's being cancelled or our schools opening or our buses <laughs> yes, running. Yes, we, yes. Already, we already know the fact that they won't be going ahead. So I think a lot of the drama will actually be taken out of it and we might be able to enjoy it more because, as I said, on I-2018, services are already closed or we're mm. already at home. So therefore, we can actually enjoy it and actually perhaps get out more with the children and play with us. Yeah. You make yeah. a great point, actually, about the cold weather, particularly when it's dry, being easier mm. in lockdown. It's easier to get out. You probably feel even a bit more enthusiastic because you can wrap up warm, obviously, Dave, and just get on with it. Absolutely. And look, as I said, you know, um, I think well, you know, you're not going far. You know, as I said, if you were, for example, in your place of work or whatever in the past, you might have come to work without the, the proper gloves or scarves or hats or whatever. 
you're at home, you're in your 5K, you have the appropriate shoes, the, the extra jackets, you can go back and change them if you have to. So it will make it a lot easier. And that uncertainty, as I said, I do think the beast from the East, there was how long would it last for? Can we get the bread from the supermarkets? Um, you know, there was the issues in relation to our, our buses traveling, our, our, the schools opening. Mm. All that is out of the equation. So it'll be, it's coming, enjoy it, wrap up well. Right. And uh, don't think you're going to get away with the other question I was asking earlier <laughs> when we couldn't get through to you. Uh, men are more likely to go for younger girls on dating apps. Well, seeing as uh, my wife is older than me, Joe, I can't comment on that at all. Good man yourself. <laughs> Smart move. Um, I think I'm going to take a break after that comment. <laughs> Call Limerick Today now on 46 David Hurley of the Limerick Leader, Jen Ronan, who's a blogger, and Hannah Quinn Mulligan of the Irish Farmers Journal are our guests on the Friday morning virtual coffee break. And uh, Hannah, the Minister for Agriculture uh, is facing calls to introduce legislation that would ban dog walking around farmlands on hills because farmers are witnessing sheep being chased and attacked by dogs who are off their lead. Um, How realistic is this as a prospect? It's an interesting one and it's actually something that comes up every single year Um, and I guess we're actually seeing nearly a bit of a surge in dog attacks because if we think during lockdowns lots of people got puppies, maybe it was their first puppy, maybe dog training wasn't high on their agenda so a lot of farmers I'm talking to um, are really concerned about the number of dogs coming from local towns and, and killing sheep and worrying animals and it's an utterly horrible thing to happen. Um, and at the same time then as well, we're seeing a lot more people um, walking across farmers' lands, um, hunting or lurching, and uh, that's really worrying as, as well. But how can you ban people completely from walking across land? You know, the, the, in terms of trespassing, unfortunately, there's a real grey area there. And it's interesting, in England they've been having this debate, but they have a lot more rights of way. You know, they have paths across mm-hmm. land and that kind of thing. And we have seen additional funding for uh, farming paths or more paths across farms here. Um, but people just have to understand they have to look after their animals. If, if that animal belongs to you, if you bought it, then you have to take responsibility for it because ultimately the damage it can do is, is just extreme. So legislation... If it's needed, it should come in, but I just don't see how they'll police it because they can't even police it at the minute. Right. But David, the only thing is, you know, I know you live in a rural area yourself, that if people are behaving themselves and the dog is on a lead (laughs) and that's being enforced, then obviously the secondary problem isn't as acute. It's not. And as I I mean, look, some of this goes back to, I mean, I would suspect that they're possibly is already legislation in place that could be used for, for this particular issue. It's going back to the enforcement. It's going back to which agency is responsible. Is this uh, the local county council? Is it the Gardaí? Is this uh, a veterinary inspector? Uh, it's like the the, the COVID laws. The, the laws are there, but is it advice? Is it regulations? It goes back to people's willingness to actually exercise common sense, take personal responsibility, and you know just know what they're doing. But again, I suppose the key message should be if you have an animal, you have to control it and take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, there is legislation currently there to, just to say that a farmer does have a right to shoot dog if it's in the if it's in the motion or the action of worrying livestock. You know that legislation yeah. is there, but no one wants to resort to that. No, no, no. Obviously not. What do you think, Jen? 
Well, I only just became a, a pet owner myself as an adult um, a month ago. I got a cat from Limerick Animal Welfare. Um, he's only about three or four months old and he's an absolute lunatic and I was trying to decide I think a couple of years ago whether I wanted a dog or a cat but because I live in the city and my department would be perfect for a cat but it's just too small for even like a small Jack Russell dog but you need to be out walking but I have to say like even out in the city the dog dirt everywhere is chronic and I think it's I think it's gotten worse since the lockdown as well like I was walking around and it's literally it's like dodging you're dodging piles on the ground very few people seem to be picking up after their animals out in the streets. I don't know if any of the others... Yeah, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It. It's disgusting. It's chronic. Yeah. That's terrible. Terrible. And I mean, yeah. I think we've noticed generally as well that litter has mm. increased during... Uh, Mask the litter, actually. Mask litter. People are actually dumping their disposal masks. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like it's, it's like they're spreading the plague. Like, you just see these masks discarded around the road and you're thinking, geez, we do so much to try and mind everybody and then this happens. You know, it's like, it's, it's disgusting. There should be fined for mask litter. Yeah, we, you know. we, that would drive you mad, wouldn't it, Dave? Yeah. It, it does, Joe. I know, look, as I said, I suppose, um, it is one of the, the, the issues that has arisen and it was mentioned in the, the recent IBAL report that mask litter w- w- was a particular issue, and uh, mm. not just in Limerick, but across the country. Um, people are out more. They are confined to certain um, restrictions depending on where they live. So, like, it, it, and again, I suppose there have been separate debates over the years in relation to the locations of public bins and that kind of thing. And mm. there are other issues related to that. So maybe people's 5K is not now where a bin might be located. Now, you should take it home with mm. you or put it in the bag or whatever. But yeah. the, 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 there are different restrictions that possibly don't factor in the locations of bins. And then you may or may not be in a location where where there's a bin within your 5K. Yeah. Hannah, I mean, where would we be without Michael O'Leary of Ryanair, who um, made a number of things exceptionally clear this week, um, you know, in a, his uh, usual sweeping statements manner and uh, doesn't really mind what people think of him, uh, but he wasn't too complimentary about the public health emergency team and in essence said, look, vaccines are being rolled out and people will be able to fly away on their summer holidays, you know, June, July time. Yeah, I've actually interviewed him twice because not only does he keep uh, racehorses, but he also keeps um, pedigree Angus cattle, which he sells every <laughs> year. So uh, he is a real character. And he did uh, pick me up and uh, do a bit of a jig with me at one stage mid-interview. So yeah, I, I don't underestimate him at, at, at any stage. But um, I think it's interesting that the advertising authority has actually weighed in on, in on this, his jab-and-go uh, advertising campaign that he had. And I think got over 200 complaints because it was kind of sparking some kind of holiday hysteria that people mm. nearly thought they could all be vaccinated by Easter or by the summertime. And of course, we know realistically that's just not going to happen. No, um, so I, I, I think it was, I, I can see from his point of view, he's really worried about his business. But was it the most responsible thing to do right now? And I think we all know the answer to that. Jen? I just want to go on a holiday. I'll give my left eyeball, but we can't. That's literally it. Like, you're just sitting there chomping at the bit. Like, I, if we got the chance to go, I mean, we had plans, obviously, like everybody else, we had to cancel them. And then this year, we're all kind of like, oh, so we're kind of just airing on the side of don't book anything because the way January went for everybody and all that kind of thing, it just takes another spike, you know, and there's been no vaccine, you know, the vaccine hasn't rolled out fully yet at all. So, you know, you just can't make any plans. I'd love to be away somewhere like everybody else, but I think we just all have to err on the side of just, you know, knuckle down, as they say, and don't believe us. Yeah. Just have to, like, bunker down and just pray that we can get the vaccines up and running, you know. 
people. (laughs) I mean, the other thing, Dave, is that, you know, even last night, we were saying at the start of the show, the public health emergency team briefing, talk about mixed messages, you know, Mm -hmm. we are improving, but it's going to be a long time. It feels like from what they were saying that we won't be coming out of level five in March, except maybe schools and construction um, and then people trying to work everything out and deal with Mm. their lives day to day. It's not easy, Dave. It's not. I think we're 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 approaching the point in the next probably three weeks where we were October November last year, where you had mm. the lobby groups were starting rightly or wrongly. The the vintners, the 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 residents association, the the people, the the, the the bishops all met with the Jacques Hall Martin in relation to churches and cathedrals in the lead up to Christmas and looking for public masses. So we're not quite at that stage yet. But again, this this figure of two hundred cases per day is. On the horizon, and I think that that is the point at which the the lobbying and the the public calling for certain restrictions to be eased will begin. Um, yes, we have this UK variant, but then we have, as you said, Professor Philip Nolan last night praising the efforts that the country has made, particularly given this um, this UK variant that is adding an extra half a percent or whatever it is to the, to the growth rate. So mm. I, I, I think the, the, the government are very anxious, unlike the end of last year, where they want to curb expectations as much as possible and minimise the amount of public lobbying. But I don't see that happening. I do think that there will be three weeks' time, various groups putting forward their case. Um, some will obviously be more um, valid than others, um, but there are going to be tough decisions to be made. I suspect you will have some element of easing from March 5th, probably around the construction and the education sectors, but mm. you, you won't get four more weeks after that, possibly two, possibly three. I think mid-March is when you're going to have the real pressure. Right, interesting. I mean, should, for example, Jen, the Taoiseach go to Washington, D.C. to meet President Joe Biden in March? Well, ethically, he he probably shouldn't, you know. I mean, as nice as it would be, um, but he needs to lead by example. You know, I mean, we've been so kind of, I don't know, I I found it so hard to even work out, like, what to do and what what the rules are for you in the in-between times as well. And I found it so difficult to say, oh, God, can I meet someone? Can I go somewhere? It's literally, it's like an equation I can't get right in my head. So when I can't, when I'm not sure, I err on the side of staying home, don't do anything, you know, just in case. Um, Because we've had people in, like our close contacts and stuff have caught COVID and various things like that. So we just hunker down. I think he should lead by example and do a Zoom meeting. Everybody else has to do you know, uh, do a Zoom one. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's well, not going to kill him. <laughs> I know, Hannah, when we put the, this up on Live95's Facebook page during the week, I think we got one comment of hundreds which said that the Taoiseach should go and it was important for the country. Everyone else felt he should mm. stay at home. My sense, Hannah, is that this <laughs> could be a lightning rod and that the government need to be very, very careful about their decision on this one. Yeah, they do. And I can see both sides of the argue, argument, but I, I think I'm with that one person, and I know people are probably shouting at the radio, but I mean, it gives Irish people such unique access to the most powerful man in the world. And, you know, all over the globe, there's going to be, you know, the Eiffel Tower will be lit up in green, and, um, you know, the river in Boston is, is going to be dyed green, and we'll have um, various other, uh, other kind of elements to it as well. So I, 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 was, I was always on the fence on this and it was actually just through reading a couple of things that I just saw the opportunity there in terms of Irish business because 
you know, part of my work has been out talking to people involved in the tourist trade as well, and they've lost so much income that I think anything we can do just to lay the foundations so that hopefully this year people are booking holidays and see Ireland as somewhere still to come to. And, you know, it's the unique access for a very small island to the most powerful country in the world. All right, well, listen, we're very happy to have a contrary view on that uh, from <laughs> what most people were saying to us this week. That's what this show is all about. And thank you very much for uh, chatting to us this morning. Hannah Quinn Mulligan of the Farmer's Journal, uh, David Hurley of the Limerick Leader and Limerick blogger Jen Ronan. And we hope you have, well, as good a weekend as you can in the current circumstances. Um, and uh, we appreciate your time. And next week. A cold front from Siberia will move in from the east and meet with a low pressure system resulting in snow. Temperatures are set to drop from the